Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier Podcast. It's your boy, Mac. Look, I debated on coming on here. I really wasn't quite sure whether or not I would, but I just got to share some of my thoughts real quick. I just got to do it. Obviously, the Cleveland Cavaliers lost the game tonight to the New York Knicks, 109-91 to at home in Cleveland on the first night of a back-to-back. They will head to Madison Square Garden tomorrow in another tough matchup, probably even tougher environment, as we all know. But I I, I just got to get this off my mind. Some of y'all, man, some of y'all have no composure. Some of y'all do not know how to work through your emotions. I swear to God. I'm just going to get this out the way. You come at me in my mentions, you get rude with me, easy way to get blocked. I can respect people who respect me. I'll just go ahead and say that because I'm. it's starting to get to a point where you don't agree with what I have to say. Okay, that's fine. But you get rude with me and we have a different, we, 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 we got a problem. My problem with Cleveland fans right now is that some people just appear to not know how to sort out the good from the bad from this team. It's not all doom and gloom right now. The Cavs are not a shitty team. Evan Mobley is not a shitty player. Evan Mobley's not garbage. He had a bad night. I can admit these things. But the one thing that I that I will stand by is this, this kid, y'all got to understand. One, he's playing out of position. The Cavs are playing without two to three key rotation players right now. I'm just tired of the bullshit. What the fuck did you guys expect? Seriously, use your damn heads. It, 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 it I, don't, I just don't understand. And I'm not going to use the whole always oh, Cleveland trope. You know, people are just having a, a, a bad day because of some of these trades that's going on in the NFL. There's a lot of shit going on. But guess what? This team will be just fine. We are without Darius Garland. We are without Jared Allen. We are without Karis LeVert tonight. We are without Ty Jerome tonight. The list goes on and on. You know what? I was still very, very proud of some of the things that I saw out of this team tonight. We got our first extended look in the regular season for Amani Bates, who came out there and gave us some very fucking good minutes out there, might add. Tristan Thompson gave us some very good minutes. There are things that you can look at during this ugly stretch that you can point to and say, hey, this team's got a real future. I need people to understand that what you're seeing right now is not the actual product. What you're seeing is JB having to cobble together some bullshit lineups right now because we just don't have the firepower to get through this. That's why you're seeing Sam Merrill out there. That's why you're seeing Isaiah Mobley. That's why you're seeing Craig Porter Jr. out there so early. That's why you got to see Amani Bates out there so fucking early. It's because we don't have our full complement of players. So stop overreacting. Stop overanalyzing every single one of these early games because it's not going to be what you see. It's not going to be what you see for the duration of the season. We just got to get healthier. We got to get healthier. That's it. This team, I don't know how the fuck you can watch these these past couple of games. I don't know how you watched tonight and saw some of the shit that occurred and said to yourself, hmm, this team sucks because it doesn't. We're shorthanded. Again, no Darius, no Jarrett, no Ty Jerome, no Karis. We're playing guys out of position. We've been doing that all season long. Yes, John Turner, I see. We are 0-3 at home. But guess what? When you're down that many level of starters, you're probably not going to win no matter where the fuck you're playing. You can be on a neutral court. It doesn't matter. You're playing a, a matchup that to begin with tonight that does not favor you in regards to the physicality. That's why we had to see Tristan Thompson out there playing quality minutes 
because the Cavs are just so that they're down. They're down right now. They're down so many key players. But again, if you're looking at this team, your takeaway is, well, this season's over or this team sucks or there's no progression. There's nothing good to look at. I don't know what to tell you guys. I just don't know what to tell you. And I don't know who you're watching because this team clearly has shown some bright things. George Niang was another brighter spot tonight. He finally had a game in which he started to knock down multiple triples, right? 11 points tonight, three and nine from three-point range. Yes, you want to see the efficiency rise. But as Darius comes back, as Karras comes back in that second unit, as Ty Jerome is out there, you're going to see Niang start to drop more of these. You will. You just will. I'm just getting fed up with some of the bullshit that I'm seeing. Frankly, I'm getting fed up with some of the way way that some people are talking to me. Because some of y'all are getting real rude. It ain't cool. It's just not. Y'all just have to understand how to evaluate things in the moment right now. What we are seeing right now is not what we are going to see five to ten games from now. We're playing shorthanded. That's it. We're playing shorthanded on a very tough schedule, playing back-to-backs. We weren't even sure if Donovan Mitchell was going to fucking suit up tonight. You know what? He did. And guess what? He had a game exactly, exactly as we thought he would. 26 points. Looks like he might be able to carry us over the top. But guess what? He ran out of gas because he's one of the only guys out there that can get it done. Literally, he was the only other the, the only other starter to enter double figures on the night was Isaac Okoro, who y'all, y'all know that's my boy. My boy been playing. He's been balling out. He's been looking like he's finally starting to break out, but there's only so much Isaac can do, and the defense still clearly does not respect his ability to hit the three ball, even though he hit two tonight. He was two of five, had 11 points, seven boards. Been very impressed with Isaac Okoro's work on the glass. I really have. I really have. There are small things that you can take away during this four-game stretch that you can point to and say, hey, when this team gets closer to full strength, because even if you don't believe they're going to return to a semblance of full strength, guess what? They will eventually get Darius Garland back. They will eventually get Jared Allen back. They will get Karis LeVert back. So for all you doom and gloomers out there or all you naysayers, negative Nancys, whatever term you want to put on it, the team will get healthier. We're just we're in a tough stretch right now. And you have to understand that you got to sort out the bullshit. You really do. And you got to just take a deep breath. And I know it seems like I'm going off right now, but it's just because people have just been in my mentions with pure bullshit, just sending pure bad takes. No nuance and thought behind a lot of it. I get it. You did not like the way Evan Mobley played tonight. That does not make Evan Mobley a bad player. That does not mean you should trade Evan Mobley. Certainly does not mean he's ass. It's just not. See? It's that simple. Take a deep breath. There you go, Carl Box. Take a deep breath. You're not dying. You're going to be okay. I promise you. This team will be just fine. All you people out there think I'm too positive. For all you people out there to think I'm just, you know, lollygagging. There were so many colorful terms that were levied my way during tonight's game just because I'm trying to put a positive spin on some of these things. It's just disgusting behavior. One, it's just sports. And two, I don't know why you guys want to be so negative all the time. I just don't get it. And the thing that cracks me up is that people will hide behind the, oh, I'm a realist. Fuck out of here. You're not a realist. You're just negative. That's it. 
That's really it. <laughs> yeah, Carl, I see you. I think we all miss Darius, man. And again, this is not the typical episode, right? You know, I typically I ever react to some of the stuff we saw in the game. But I got I to gotta tell you guys, frankly, I'm just tired. I'm fed up with the bullshit. I really am. Some people just do not know how to differentiate what they're seeing right now with the on-court product that we could eventually see. You have to be able to sort through some of these, some of this mess and jumbled lineups that we're seeing right now and, and just bad stretches of basketball and, and, you know, because of these injuries. Normally, you're not going to see Dean Wade have to start. Saw a lot of takes flying around about him. He's not a starter. He's been pressed into the starting lineup due to the injuries. It it just goes on and on. You know, there's there, there's a lot of takeaways that you can you can really point to and feel good about over these four games. There's also bad things, right? You want to see Niang pick it up. You want to see the overall defense, uh, you know, the overall interior defense, might I say, improve. But that's a tough thing to do when you don't have your center, your all-star caliber center, Jared Allen, out there, and you're having to rely upon some combo of Evan Mobley at the five, Tristan Thompson giving you spot minutes, Damian Jones giving you some spot minutes, and Dean Wade, you know, out there. There are just there are just so many things you can look at here. And, and point to and feel good about still. There are still positives. There really are. There are obviously negatives. And what the, you know, a lot of people will accuse me of not looking at those negatives. Guess what? They're already out there. I don't need to talk about them to add nausea because that's all you guys are doing. That's what it seems like. It literally seems like nobody points out the positives. Everybody just points out the negative shit. Nobody wants to talk about the fact that Isaac Okoro is looking like a, you know, starting to look like he could be a breakout player. Nobody's talking about the fact that Max Struess, you know, granted wasn't the best night for him tonight, but the, the addition seems to still be paying off. There are good things. I was happy about Amani Bates getting in the game tonight. I was happy about Craig Porter Jr., who in 22 minutes gave us 10 points, four rebounds, two assists. Played some hellacious defense when he was out there, too. I think the problem with Craig, though, right now is just that he's not a threat from the perimeter, right? Just not, not a, not a threat from the perimeter just yet. So people are not necessarily going to uh, respect him. He can move the ball. He made some. He definitely made some quality passes tonight. I will give him that. Some that we saw him do this a little bit in summer league action, but I'd at the it's one thing to do that in that environment, but then it's a whole other thing, you know, to to go out there and and perform against true NBA caliber competition. So I was very, very impressed by Craig Porter Jr. tonight. I remain impressed with the fact that Tristan Thompson is still at 32 years of age and you know looking like Possibly, at least possibly to this season, look like a bygone, you know, a relic of a bygone uh, era. But he's out there. He's giving you quality minutes. He's being a physical presence. And tonight, you know, it was a definitely a much needed switch up in regards to between him and Damian Jones. Just because of that physicality aspect that the Knicks often throw your way with Isaiah Hardenstein, who I remain a fan of. He is one of the better backup centers in the league. And he killed us. He absolutely killed us in that second unit. Uh you know, in, in last season's playoff series against the Knicks. 
And obviously, you know, one of the larger takeaways is that Mitchell Robinson continues to be a damn thord in our size. Frankly, it just wasn't one of those things that uh, you were probably going to be able to get over just because one, he's so damn good at what he does. And what he does is generate extra opportunities via the offensive rebound. So you're seeing him out there getting some putbacks. You're seeing him, frankly, uh, just be a, a an interior presence. And he's not a guy that's going to go out there and score a ton of points on you, but he will continue to uh, extend possessions and he will end them too by way of rebounding. So, you know, Mitchell Robinson continues to be a thorn in our side. When you're having to put Evan Mobley out there as his as the uh, as the primary defender against him or the guy to go out there and box out, it's going to be rough because Evan still has not quite mastered that. And one, frankly, he's just not big enough, right? We talked all the live long day about the added muscle, the, the extra seven pounds or so that Mobley added in the offseason. Well, you know, that can only do so much. That's only going to take you so far. And I really fucking hope. This is one of my biggest things. I really hope that some of you guys out there who was talking way down on Jared Allen, who were talking crazy about him, realize, understand just how important having Jared Allen as your backline of defense that allows Evan Moldy to go out there and free roam, be kind of a safety of the defense out there. I really hope you guys paying attention to this stretch of basketball and seeing just how fucking important he is. Is he the guy, the long-term piece of the future? I don't fucking know. But what I do know is that he's valuable. He's more valuable than a lot of people believe him to be. I hope that has been made crystal clear to you guys during this stretch of basketball. I really do. If not, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. I really don't. Evan Mobley is not a five. Right now, he is a four. That is his position. For people who want to keep lobbying for him to be a five. Yes, I get the tantalizing aspect of having his potential offensive game bloom from there but right now I, i'm pretty sure you guys can all see as well as i do he's a four perhaps he was never meant to be a five could he grow into that sure maybe but some things have to fall into place before that can happen i really hope you guys are seeing that it's crystal clear to me i don't know there there's there really is a lot of things that you can glean and learn from this stretch though that you should still feel pretty good about Mobley had a rough game. All things considered, I cannot sugarcoat that shit. He had a rough outing. Julius Randall, Isaiah Hartenstein, Josh Hart at points. There was a number of players who kind of made Mobley seem smaller than he actually is in stature. Uh, John, I see your, uh, your comment down here. Do you think Garland, Levert, or Allen come back tomorrow because playing in MSG without those guys, might get ugly. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if anybody knows this already, but I think it was already reported that Darius and uh, and Allen will not suit up tomorrow. But again, um, I could be mistaken. I thought I read that somewhere. I think maybe Evan Damrell, you know, a good friend Evan Damrell of the pod. But I don't know. I would hope to at least have one of those guys back, John. Um, preferably... Garland. If nobody else, if we can't get Levert back, we're probably not getting Allen back, right? If if one of these three guys, if I had to pick right now, it would be DG, just because DG is the best player out of that bunch. One, he's a shot creator on his own. One and two, he can orchestrate the offense, which is something the Cavs has really, really missed. Um, you know, is is a guy opposite Donovan Mitchell that can conduct the offense at a high level. You know, no disrespect to Karis Levert. You know, that's my boy too. 
just like Gore. I love both of those guys. But clearly, Darius Garland is, uh, plays at a higher level than both of those two. And he does what he does uh, at, at a point that makes him even more vital to the Cavs, right? Um, his ability to facilitate, his ability to score at will, his ability to space the floor. These are critical things that I think the Cavs are missing out on right now. And you just frankly need more shot creation out there because you cannot consistently rely upon Donovan Mitchell to be the offense every single possession, as has been the case, you know, when he's been out there. We've you've already seen Donovan Mitchell have to play hero ball far too often this season. Uh, it's only been four fucking games. But uh yeah. So if I had to pick one of those three guys, I would certainly hope it would be Garland. But honestly, I do not believe uh, it's going to – I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see any of them. We may see Karras, but I don't think we'll see Darius or Allen. Uh, yes, tune in Sports 1. DG gets Mobley some baskets. The chemistry is there, right? The law of game is there. He knows how to put him in the correct position. Although I have liked what I've seen from Max Struess in being able to uh, – form sort of a bond with Mobley, which I kind of uh, equate to his relationship on court, at least with Bam Adebayo, right? He has experience playing with a pretty good passing big in his own right in Bam. So I think him and Mobley have kind of coalesced pretty pretty well so far through four games. But Garland definitely does make everybody's life easier, as John Turner says down here. Um, when you have him out there, one of the guys that he makes life easiest on is Donovan Mitchell, right? Because Donovan is not tasked with having to keep the offense afloat and you're not going to have to hopefully play Donovan for large stretches coming off of his hamstring injury. But considering that you literally have Darius Donovan and Karis dealing with hammies, that's tough, man. And I, I think I saw a lot of people ask earlier on, uh, you know, is this a – is this a medical staff issue? Did JB push these guys too hard in uh, in in the offseason? I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that we'll eventually return. Uh, thanks, Carl. Yeah, I'm a huge Iron Man fan, big time Marvel guy. Um, painted that picture back there. Drew this picture right here in this frame. Uh, but yeah, um, having Garland back would definitely make life a lot easier on everybody it would put people's minds at ease in regards to some of the some of the shot creation because that just has not been existent uh throughout these past four games with dg missing uh so much time already and without really having anybody out there that you can rely upon it's tough you know it, it's tough to win at the nba as it is but uh yeah i would i i cannot wait till we get our full complement of players back and i do still feel pretty confident about the cavs ability to go out there and and win these next couple of games because when you're looking at it, the schedule it doesn't let up right you know your cleveland is is going to be facing a pretty tough set of opponents over these next couple of weeks right you have tomorrow the second half of a back to back against new york in madison square garden who we know that's a tough place to play. Uh, the quote everybody says is, you know, the lights were too bright. Jared Allen, you know, he's infamous now for that. And let's hope that's not the case tomorrow. Let's hope we can split with New York. But looking past that, you know, going into November, you have a rematch with the Pacers. We know they're not just going to lie down and die. And, you know, that's a game that I felt that we definitely – uh, we could have won at certain points, but this is where we're at, right? And then you have you you take on Golden State, so shit does does not let up, right? You take on Golden State 
uh, next weekend. You got OKC again, and then another fucking matchup against Golden State, and then Sacramento looms large. The, the next easiest game that Cleveland has on the schedule comes in mid-November, and guess what? It's against the Portland Trailblazers, who are also 1-3 as of right now. But the good thing is, I cannot stress this enough, the good thing is, is that we'll eventually return to full strength. That's the thing. These, it's not like Darius Garland suffered a season-ending injury. It's not like Harris LeVert tore his ACL. It's not like Jared Allen's bone bruise is going to keep him out all year. These are things that will eventually, you know, they'll be done. They're, they're, they're temporary. And to the degree of how temporary they are, it varies from player to player, right? But what I do know is that we will return to full strength. And there are things that we can look forward to from a positivity standpoint. There are also things we can get better at, right? That's just the nature of basketball. It has not been all sunshine and rainbows. I can acknowledge that. It hasn't been perfect. The Caps have been absolutely atrocious on the defensive side of the ball, but I attribute so much of that to not really having your full, you know, not really having your back line of defense and Jared Allen out there because your perimeter defenders, you know, Isaac Okoro, he's done a damn good job. I thought he actually played Brunson pretty well tonight, all things considered. You know, the stat line might not suggest that as Brunson was able to give the Knicks uh, 19 points tonight on 7 of 16 from the field. But actually, if you take a look at some of these defensive possessions that Isaac had against Brunson, I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, it it's just – a game of runs for one. And when you don't have the necessary components to go on runs, like the Cavs don't right now, because we're just so damn banged up, you're probably not going to win a ton of games. But the one thing that I can say is that the team has been competing in every single one of them. Even if the box score doesn't reflect that. Yes. The end result says one Oh nine 91 Knicks, but that doesn't mean the Cavs didn't compete in that. <laughs> Oh, tune in. Don't get me started on the fire JB crowd because what the fuck do you expect this guy to do when he does not have you know, three or four of his quality rotation members? And I think the biggest knock that I'm seeing people say is, well, he's not running a, he's not running a damn offense. Well, what the hell do you want him to run when you don't have the guys who've played together long enough to have the chemistry to know how to run a play? You can say, oh, there's basket. There, there, there's specific things you can do. More flare screens, get guys more emotion. But when people are not paying attention to your shooters out there and they're just, you know, they're stacking the paint and they're, they're forcing your ball handlers to, you know, to drive in and clog paint areas, what are you going to do? What do you want JB to do? Seriously, what do you want him to do? There's not a lot from a coaching standpoint that JB can do. Seriously, I would. I, I really want to see so like what some of these responses are. What would you do if you were the coach of this team that's so damn banged up that makes you feel like you could do a better job? I don't. And the the whole firing thing to me is like, well, don't you think? Do you see a better option on the bench right now? Do you, or do you see one out there that's just sitting waiting around that you truly believe makes the Cavs better? Because I feel like firing JB not even at the midseason point would do more harm than good to this team right now from a mentality standpoint. You think they're in the trenches right now? You fire the head coach. This team's on fire. (laughs) It's a dumpster fire if you do that. It really is. They'll get better. 
JB will get better. JB's not a perfect coach. He has his problems. Sometimes clock and time management can be an issue. Sometimes out of timeout calls can be a, 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 a problem. But I think as the season wears on, as we, we, we start to regain health and we get some of our main guys back, I think JB will improve as well. Because it's not exactly like JB was expecting to be without Darius, Jarrett, Karis, Ty. I'm sure he wasn't expecting to be without them. And so for right now, it's just, you know, it, it really is just him trying to put together and cobble together a, a ton of of lineups that just frankly were not probably going to win with in the first place. In MZC, all I'm hearing is copium. See, this is the type of stuff that I'm talking about right here. I'm not going to come up here. I'm not going to come up here and, and and say that JB has been perfect or that you know this team has been great because frankly it's tough to to evaluate any of that and that is my entire damn point. That is my entire point. You cannot evaluate anything that you're seeing right now outside of some of the little things. If you're looking at this team and you're evaluating the team as a whole, you're sadly mistaken. You might not you might not know how to evaluate things. You might not see the full picture. That's what I'm trying to get you guys to understand. It's not copium. The record is what it is. But as we all know, just like in any other sport, not all records are created the same. If this if this team was at full strength and was getting their ass busted and there was nothing positive that you could point to, then you might say, yeah, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just trying to figure out a way to cope with things. Maybe I'm trying to uplift a team that shouldn't be uplifted or anything like that. But that's not the case. We just don't have our fucking guys. So there's not a bit of copium here right now. For me, no, it's hard to evaluate some of these things. You know, it's at the end of the day, all I can do right now is look at some of these small things tonight and, you know, take in little tidbits from these games and, and look at the future and say to myself, hey, this could possibly work once the team returns to full strength. This guy looks good in this role. This guy is doing this thing very well. This guy is not doing this thing very well. There are small things. That's it. You have to be able to see the, you know, the forest through the trees, as they say, right? You have to be able to evaluate and sort some of this shit out without losing your sanity. And that's what I see so much of on social media in regards to the Cavs. People are losing their minds over the fact that the Cavs have suffered these injuries and that they have lost these games, frankly, as a result of that. You know, I remain hopeful every game. I'm not going to go out there expecting to lose. I know a lot of people are. A lot of people came into this game with the expectation to lose. Well, guess what? I don't I don't look at any of these fucking games and say, you know what? That's a L. I just don't. That's not my mentality. I hope. And I, you know, I'm looking at this. I'm very hopeful every fucking game that they play. Hey, this is an opportunity for anything to happen. Just like they say in football, any given Sunday, because all the time, the better team does not win. That's it. And for me, you know, I see MZC less concerned with the record or injuries, more concerned with Mitchell being gone in free agency. Chess match move for him, for Levine, Zach Levine, before he leaves for nothing. Otherwise, we lost Mark for zero. 
I don't think so. Donovan does not have a player option until 2025-26. You don't move him this season. You just don't do it. And if I'm moving him, I'm not moving him for Zach Levine because I don't feel like Zach Levine brings us any closer to anything. And I get your whole point is, hey, let's not lose him for anything, but I feel like you'd probably get a better package or something that fits better than Zach Levine. I'm just not a high – I'm not a big fan of Zach Levine. It's been – I'm in these calf spaces all the time, and the biggest name that's floated out is Brandon Ingram, although I think that's not necessarily a possibility either. Um I'm not even entertaining a Mitchell move until this upcoming offseason if he's non-committal. I'm not worried about Donovan Mitchell not resigning here. I'm just not because truthfully be told, I feel like he still I feel like he will. And I know people disagree with that, but you have to give him reason to stay, right? And so what's the point in discussing potential Mitchell packages if you know you're not going to move him this year? It's just not going to happen. If it happens, it'll happen the the this following offseason. Not during the year. Cavs are not going to make some big-time deal. Jared Allen's probably not going to be traded this year. It's just not going to happen. Uh, Levine and Caruso would be a no-brainer. Um, I mean, you can you can say that, maybe stockpile with some pick or added with some picks and whatnot, but Chicago's not going for that, especially considering that Donovan may very well be a one-year rental. They're not going to just give us two quality players for Donovan, especially if he doesn't commit. So... You know, that's that's where I'm at on that. I'm not I'm not concerned with Donovan Mitchell being moved right now because it's frankly, we need to let this season play out before we even begin to to go down that route. I think if you get to the second round, you make a second round competitive series or possibly the Eastern Conference Finals, which, you know, being one and and, and three now, people are probably going to be looking at me sideways and even suggesting the possibility of that. But again. You have to let the entire season play out. You just don't know what can happen once we return to full strength. You might be able to sell, excuse me, you might be able to sell uh, Donovan Mitchell on the long-term future of this team if you're able to get to that point. Still, even with that being said, you just don't know what a guy is really truly thinking. We don't know if Donovan's going to commit, but it's too early to speculate on that, in my opinion. You don't move him this season. If you have to, if he's non-committal, you move him this upcoming offseason that said i think that's a good stopping point i've gone on a rant for tonight i had to get some of these emotions out just because people are just hitting my mentions with some with some flagrant bullshit uh, to be honest with you guys and just being really rude <laughs> so i had to get some of that off of my chest uh, i appreciate you guys for tuning in again if you like to reach out to me you know how to it's cavalier underscore pod on twitter tiktok instagram youtube and more if you Want to be added to the Is Cavalier Discord chat? You know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot of that review, send that to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and I'll send you an invite. Go, Caps. <laughs>